Hello and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host, Alec Callahan, and we got a jam-packed episode this week as studios are making all sorts of moves. And of course, we got the numbers to go through, like how did Free Guy do? Let's talk about that first. So opening in first place with no surprise is Free Guy with 28.4 million. Opening in second place is Don't Breathe 2 with 10.6 million. In third place was Jungle Cruise with 9 million for a total of 82.1 million. Fourth place was Respect, which opened to 8.8 million. Lastly, in fifth place was Suicide Squad with 7.75 million for a total of 42.9 million. How was for you guys' performance domestically? Mm, it's good, but not great. While it did beat expectations, and with a lower budget of the $120 million range, uh, makes it easier for Disney and Fox to make profit off of it, uh, but it is no slam dunk or massive hit. Yes, it did beat Suicide Squad's opening weekend, but that is nothing to be praised for as it was PG-13 and a theater exclusive unlike that movie. Really, like every movie that has been released so far, we need to see those legs and how will it hold for a second weekend. If it can hold well, 100 million domestic possibly in play, but I'm thinking closer to an $80 million finish. But like I said, the opening weekend was good, just not great. And apparently Disney wants more, as Ryan Reynolds mentioned on Twitter, how they're talking about a possible sequel. From Disney's point of view, it makes sense. It got good reviews, so far decent numbers. If they do a sequel and give it a proper push, then it could do better. Taking a look at the Chinese box office, it's about the same as the previous weekend. Staying in first place is Raging Fire with 26.2 million for a total of 122.5 million. In second place is Upcoming with 8.6 million for a total of 48.3 million. In third place was Green Snake with 5.1 million for a total of 76 million. In fourth place was Lie Detector, which opened to 3.6 million. And in fifth place was The Old Town Girls, which opened to 2.7 million. Yes, like I said, about the same as last weekend. Raging Fire is still doing good, but the rest of the new movies have been released afterwards. Not doing so well. For Hollywood movies, though, the floodgates are slowly opening. It looks like Disney has been talking to the film administration over in China and has made some headway as they have gotten two films approved and set for release. First is Luca, which will be releasing August 20th. Now, how well will that do? Eh, I'd be surprised if it opened to more than 10 million. It's been on streaming on Disney Plus for most of the summer, so there are definitely nice HD copies out there on the internet with Chinese subtitles. That plus the country's still limited seating of around 75% as they try to get a handle on COVID. Uh, makes me think this would not be a breakout hit, but who knows. However, the second movie might do a bit better, and that is Free Guy, which also got approved and will be coming out the following week on August 27th. Now we will see if Disney can get Shang-Chi approved over the next few weeks so it can have a proper worldwide release. As for the rest of the studios, well, crickets for now. Finally, let's look at some international numbers. Free Guy did open in some markets this past weekend and made $22.5 million for a worldwide opening weekend of $51 million. The Suicide Squad fell not as bad as compared to the domestic market, with it only dropping around 50%. It made another $17 million internationally for a worldwide total of $118.1 million so far. Jungle Cruise made $6.7 million internationally for a worldwide total of $154.3 million. Don't Breathe 2 opened in some markets as well, making $3.4 million for a worldwide opening weekend of $14 million. Finally, Paramount released Paw Patrol, the movie, in six territories, 
early, where it made $5.8 million over the weekend. It will open domestically this weekend at the box office and on Paramount+. Plus. As we slowly head toward the end of summer, let's look toward the next big movie, Shang-Chi. During Disney's quarterly earnings, CEO Bob Chappick confirmed that it will be staying with an exclusive 45-day uh, window for theaters before going to Disney+. Plus. It was not clear, however, if after the 45 days, will it be available on the service at no extra cost, or as a premier access movie for, say, another month. Typically for premier access movies, they do not become free on the service for around three months, like the old-fashioned theatrical window. As for why it will stay with the 45-day window, Mr. Chappick said it would be a interesting experiment, aka they don't want to push it with theaters and break the new deal three weeks before release. I think if given the choice, he would push for a dual release, but Disney knows they have to somewhat keep the peace with theaters, so for now, free guy and Shang-Chi gotta stick with those exclusivities. Now, if Shang-Chi underperforms, don't be surprised to see Eternals have that hybrid release. Now, what, what is the movie tracking at right now? Well, Box Office Pro has its opening weekend anywhere between 35 to 55 million. Pretty wide, wide range. Right now for me, assuming the last few weeks have been the peak of this fourth wave and more and more people are getting vaccinated, I'm going to say 50 million minimum. Reasons being, it is a theatrical uh, exclusive, plus the MCU is basically the most expensive TV series of all time. Marvel fans have to know what happens next. So even though they might not know who Shang-Chi is, they know it's the next Marvel movie, and assuming it gets good reviews, would be a good watch as well. I do not think a lot of Marvel fans would be okay trying to dodge spoilers for a month and a half for the film. Now as another guess, I'm going to say if it opens to 50 or more, it'll finish domestically at least 140 million. The lack of premier access should also help its legs a bit. There shouldn't be a steep second weekend drop. Another benefit for Disney this week, uh, for Shang-Chi, is that Sony flinched and has delayed Venom Let There Be Carnage a few weeks from the end of September to October 15. It will now open up against Halloween Kills the same weekend and comes out two weeks after No Time to Die and I believe one to two weeks before June. So this does feel like a desperate play from Sony, sandwiching it in between multiple anticipated movies, but I understand it, even if domestically in order performs, they need that international market, and they really need that China market. Let's take a quick look at the, uh, at the first mo- one's numbers. You know, the first Venom movie shocked everyone. Domestically, it made $213 million, which is pretty good, pretty good. Internationally, though, it made $640 million, with China providing $270 million of that. So for Sony, who has no streaming service to fall back on, is willing to take that hit domestically against these films. But they really, really need a strong international release, and giving the world a few extra weeks to get more people vaccinated and see if things open up again. Going back to Disney, Bob Chappick did have some words regarding the lawsuit from Scarlett Johansson, saying, quote, We figured out ways to fairly compensate our talent, and since COVID has begun, we have entered into hundreds of talent arrangements with our talent, and by and large, they have gone very, very smoothly, unquote. He also said that for film releases, the company would do what is in the best interest of the film and its constituents. Now, I bring up the compensation quote because later in the week, Deadline got an exclusive with them reporting that the studio has signed Emma Stone to Cruella 2. Details are light, but the reporter said that the deal mutually benefits both sides. What I'm thinking happened is that Stone's agent might have used Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit as leverage, basically saying, look, if you give us a couple extra million up front for the sequel, we will not sue and we will stay quiet. Since Disney knows what they have been getting a lot of bad PR with for the lawsuit, they agreed to the terms, and that was that. 
We won't ever know for sure, obviously, but I think something like it happened because as soon as the lawsuit dropped, rumors were Emily Blunt and Emma Stone were considering their options. Well, that would have been perfect leverage to get a better deal. I do hope that they did come to terms on if Disney chooses a premium access release for it. What the terms are then, and who knows, maybe Emma Stone just gets a bigger check up front and no back-end deal, so it does not matter. So, VOD Premium is basically Disney Plus News with a splash of Amazon. So from Disney's quarterly earnings report, we got a bit of info. How are the subs looking? Well, they are looking great, as Disney Plus is now at 116 million subscribers worldwide. Some analysts expected the total to be around 112 million, so this comes in better than expected. Looking at the end of the year, Disney has penciled in November, as when they'll release the service in Hong Kong, Taiwan, and South Korea. Besides those new markets in the Asia territory, Japan will be getting an upgrade in October to include content from Star. However, this is about all Disney will do for expanding availability for the rest of the year. While they are moving forward with expanding in Asia, they also announced that they are delaying to release in Eastern Europe until next summer. The reason that they gave is that this will be part of a bigger push to release in the streaming platform in markets in Africa and in the Middle East. So if you are in Eastern Europe and you have been waiting over a year and a half now, sorry to bring the bad news. In movie updates for Disney+, Plus, the Diz Insider is reporting that filming for Peter Pan and Wendy has finished and now heads into post-production. It was announced during Disney's Investor Day last year that it will be premiering on Disney+, Plus and right now should be released sometime in 2022. But there is a chance we get a sneak peek at it this November, as Disney also announced that there will be a Disney Plus Day on November 12th. So expect a few announcements for new movies and shows, as well as the chance of a few teasers for the content coming out next year. Now let's talk about Amazon and Prime Video, because right now this is definitely shaping up to be the biggest year for the service. First, while not a big deal to the general audience, Amazon got the streaming rights to the rebuild of Evangelion series and released all four films over the weekend, including the last one, which was released in Japan earlier this year. At least in the anime community, this is a big deal, since for other movies there have been up to a year or even two years for a dub and release in America and in other countries. Meanwhile, Amazon gets it done in less than a year. I watched all four, and look, it's Evangelion. It's confusing at times, but it's a good watch, and the last film is genuinely great. Though, I'd recommend you watch the series first if you're looking to get into it. Deadline has the exclusive on this movie news, and that is they bought the rights to a movie starring Emily Blunt. The movie is about Kate Warren, who becomes the first female agent at the Pinkerton Agency with Blunt playing the star role. Not only that, but the movie is being produced by Seven Bucks Productions, Dwayne Johnson's company, and he will be a producer for the film. I guess if this was a good action movie, it's a good buy for Amazon. Though, from this news, the first thing I thought of was, oh, so she will not be suing Disney either. The reason I think that is because if Disney worked out a deal with Dwayne Johnson behind her back, uh, why would she star in a movie from his production company? So, so I'm taking it that because she is working with them again means she has no plans to sue Disney. The last big story for Prime Video is them nearing a deal to buy streaming rights for another movie, Hotel Transylvania 4. That's right. Variety has the exclusive on this and is reporting Amazon and Sony are close to finishing a deal worth over $100 million. If finished, Prime Video would get worldwide streaming rights to the film, while Sony keeps rights to release the movie theatrically in China, as well as home entertainment rights. So basically, think of this as the theatrical release. And down the road, if you do not have Prime Video, you'll be able to buy the movie digitally or on Blu-ray. While this is another big purchase for Prime Video, I think this shows Sony is not comfortable in releasing a kids movie over the next few months, and considering the theme of the movie is Halloween characters 
It makes no sense to say, release this movie next February. If they crunch the numbers and they can make a decent profit off of this deal immediately, then you have the China release and home media will be a bonus on top of it, then great for them. This does make you wonder though, if they're not comfortable releasing it because most kids cannot be vaccinated yet, what happens to Spider-Man in December? Does it get delayed, or are they just going to wait as long as they can to see what the situation is? That's something to think about. And that'll be it for this week's episode of Bonk Offers Receipts. question for the episode is, how will you watch Shang-Chi? Will you go see it in theaters, or wait for the release on Disney Plus? Let me know on Facebook. Link to the page in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.